Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. He repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What a wonderful scripture. But Noah found grace. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was also, and the earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion that thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark thou shalt set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein there is the breath of life from under heaven. And everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant and shalt Thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. Read one more scripture, Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 4. Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. If you don't have an ox, the stall stays nice and clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. All week long, I felt to talk to you on this subject today. I heard my grandfather, our bishop, talk about a sermon Brother N.A. Urshan preached many years ago titled, The Stink or the Storm. And while I never heard the sermon for myself, 
I want to use his title on the base of the idea Bishop told me he preached about all those years ago in homage to Brother Urshan. I want to talk to you this morning on the stink or the storm. Can you lift your hands and your voices with me across this place? Jesus, I feel an urgency in my spirit. Lord, I pray you would anoint my lips. Your word is already anointed, but Lord, I pray you would anoint my lips to speak. Let my mind be clear and sharp. Lord, let your presence minister and move in this place today. And we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. The stink or the storm. The ark is a fascinating thing. How many of you have ever been to the life-size ark outside Cincinnati? Then you can appreciate just how truly massive the vessel was. It was vast in its size. But even with the huge scope of the ark, even with its God-given designs, even with the hundred years it took to construct it, the ark had problems. Think about that. Even with its massive scale, even with the fact that God gave the design for the ark, even with a hundred years of perfecting its construction, the ark, I'll tell you today, had its problems. The world we find the story of Noah in is one of complete and utter wickedness. In fact, God said that every single thought men, women, and children pondered on. Everything that crossed their mind from the time they woke up to the time they went to bed was wicked and how to be more wicked than they already were. Think about that. Every thought of every person was nothing but wickedness from morning till night. The earth was full of violence. And it had gotten to the point that God said, I wish I had never even made them. It wasn't even just man. He looked at the animal kingdom and said, I wish I hadn't made any of it. How bad had it gotten that God wished he had never made the planet, had never built the garden, had never set Adam and Eve in it. He wished it had never even done it. It's amazing to me that God can look back over his own plans and say, I shouldn't have did that. Never do we read anything quite like it. That is how disgusted God had become. Excuse me. I am still uh, getting over my cold. But there was one man who stood out like a sore thumb from the rest of the world. There was one man when God looked down at this disaster of a planet and all of the mess that men had made and all of his regrets that he had ever done any of it. He looked down and he saw one man named Noah and said, I'll keep it for Noah's sake. God warned Noah of what was going to happen. 
a worldwide flood. We live in a day in which people laugh at the idea that there was a worldwide flood. Meanwhile, scientists tell us that Mars, that has not one drop of water, was destroyed by a worldwide flood. <laughs> God said, I'm going to destroy the whole world. Every mountain will be covered. God said, you're going to make a way of escape for you and for your family and for the animals. And you're going to build yourself an ark. Make it of gopher wood. We're not even sure what gopher wood was. Some think it was cypress. There's other ideas. But it must have been a good wood and resistant to rot because God told him to build it out of it. He said, when you're done building the bow out of gopher wood, I want you to take tar, and I want you to tar it inside and out. It wasn't a small project. He wasn't building a little rowboat. It was 510 feet long, 85 feet wide, and 51 feet tall. That, for those who are keeping track, is 1.88 million cubic feet of space, by the way. It was big. It was real big. And God told Noah to fill the ark with two of every animal, male and female, seven if they were a clean animal, and food for all of them and for Noah and his family. It was a big project. And it took Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives a hundred years to do it. Think of that. The average lifespan is in the 70s. And yet Noah worked and his children worked for a hundred years. Most of us would live and die and go on to our reward before we ever saw it completed. Yet for 100 long years, they picked the best trees. They built everything the best they could. They knew that what it was going to hold was precious. They knew what it was going to hold was their very lives. They did everything in their power. And they built the ark. And they built it on dry land. In a time and a place that it had never, ever rained. It not rained once on planet earth. And yet Noah built a boat on dry land. And for a hundred years they endured the laughs, the jeers, the insults, the attacks of those around him. As Noah, the scripture tells us, was a preacher of righteousness. Warning the world that a flood would come one day. And then one day, the Lord spoke and told Noah to get in the boat. The spirit of the Lord called all of the animals. And they file in two by two. And when the last animal is in its stall on the ark, God himself reaches down and seals the door. And when everyone's in the ark, the sky turns black and the rain begins to fall. And it's not a drizzle. It's not even a hurricane. For 40 days and 40 nights, God broke open the sky. And not only the sky, but the scripture says God broke open the great fountains of the deep. It was more than just a flood. It was more than a hurricane. There were volcanoes and geysers and earthquakes and rain like there had never been before and there has never been since. 
For 40 long days and 40 long nights, the violence of the storm never once stopped. And on the 41st day, the volcanoes finally stopped erupting. The earthquakes finally settled down. But it keeps on raining. And it rains constantly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 110 days. 150 days total it rained. And when it was, and then it still wasn't over. For the next 74 days, when they looked out the window, even though the rain had stopped, they could see nothing in any direction except water. Not even the tips of the mountains stuck out. And it wasn't until 371 long days and nights had passed that they were finally able to walk out of that ark. 371 days they were in there. And I want you to know this morning, it stank. Quite literally and figuratively. It stank. Do you realize there are 34,000 species of land vertebrates in this world? And while we know that the biblical breakdown of kind is much broader than that of species... As in Noah didn't have to bring a wolf, a coyote, a dog, and a dingo. He just had to have one canine. So even while he didn't need to bring 64,000 animals with him, they still had thousands upon thousands upon thousands of animals in that ark, including skunks and pigs. It stunk. Have you ever been in a barn? You ever been near a hog farm? Forget hogs. You ever raised chickens? I have. They stink. The smell of the manure and the ammonia alone had to be nigh on unbearable. On top of it, add the sickening smell of the tar. The smell of the animals themselves. The smell of the people in a day and age where deodorant had not been invented and they're in an unventilated space shoveling manure from morning till night. Living in close proximity for 371 days over a year. Constantly working, constantly cleaning. And yet no matter how much they did, there was always another animal making another mess. The truth is, inside that ark, it wasn't always easy. Sometimes it was rough. Sometimes it stank. Sometimes people rubbed each other the wrong way. Can you imagine being stuck in a boat for over a year? Always on edge from the thunder and lightning, the creaking of the vessel, hoping God would hold it all together. Never able to find some personal space. Stuck in there with your siblings and in-laws. Some people can barely make it through Thanksgiving. Always being stuck there 
with your brothers and their annoying habits. The constant noise of the animals. The constant smell of the animals. But I tell you something. The problems in the ark, the stink, the problems, the difficulties were a whole lot better than the storm was. The stink was far better to deal with than the storms. The problems were better than the flood. And every time they got irritated with each other, every time the stink of the ark started to get to them, all they had to do was look out the window and the bodies floating past at the wind and the rain and the broken world that surrounded them. And suddenly the stink of the ark wasn't that bad after all. All of a sudden when you looked out at the storm, J-Path wasn't so annoying anymore. When you looked out the window at the wreckage in the ruin of the world around you, Ham being so particular didn't get to you as bad. Shem wasn't so irritating and Noah wasn't so demanding. When they looked out at the world around them, the ark looked awful good. When they looked at the destruction, when they looked at the peril, when they looked at the death and the ruin that awaited them outside the ark, all of a sudden, those tar-colored walls, the stink of the animals, and the ever-presence of their family didn't look so bad. It didn't matter how bad things may have gotten, how stressed or worn out they may have felt. Noah never left the ark. It didn't matter how tough it got inside. Noah stayed in the ark. His children didn't leave the ark. When they looked out the window and realized all of a sudden the stink in here is a whole lot better than what's out there. When they realized how bad the storm outside was, there was nothing that Ham could have done to make Japheth leave the ark. There was nothing that Shem could have said to make Ham leave the ark. And even if the situations they may have faced stunk, even though their own family may have caused the voyage to be worse than it should have been, they all understood something, that the stink was better than the storm. And no one and no thing could make them get out of that boat. When they realized... There was a lot more safety. Things were a whole lot better in the ark than there were anywhere else. Do you realize there's always been problems in the kingdom of God? Abraham lost faith and went to Egypt. Aaron built a golden calf. Judas betrayed Jesus. Thomas doubted. Peter cussed and cut off a man's ear. James and John tried to leverage their way into position. Ananias and Sapphira lied in the peak of worldwide revival and brought the judgment of God down. Paul told off Peter right in front of everybody. Read it. Got up, 
right in the middle of a big banquet, marched over to Peter's table and ripped him apart right in front of everybody. Mark gave up and quit, went on home. Demas forsook Paul. Timothy was always sick and depressed. There has always been problems within the church because people will always be people and people will always have problems. And sometimes, if you're not careful, you can let the problems caused by being around people. The stink of situations start to drive you mad. But I came here to remind someone today, you need to look out the window at the broken world all around us and remember any problem you have to deal with in the ark is a million times better than what's happening outside of it. The stink is always better than the storm. And if you want to make it, if you want your family to make it, you'd better stay inside the boat. If you want to make it, you better stay inside the boat. Don't let some problems distract you. There is a storm outside and there is safety on the inside. I love my brother. I don't always like my brother. We're brothers. I love my cousins. They love me. We don't always like each other. We can rub each other the wrong way. The closer you are to somewhere, the more they can irritate you. The more time you spend around someone, the more they can bother you. And when you are in a close-knit family, like an apostolic church, sometimes people can rub you the wrong way. And I'm sure there were things that Japheth did that drove Ham up the wall. And I'm sure there were things that Shem did that made Noah want to pull his beard out. But it didn't matter how much irritation happened around them. It didn't matter how much mess started to build up around them. They knew something for sure that the storm was a whole lot worse than the stink inside of the ark and if they wanted to make it they had to stay in that boat. They had to stay in that boat and they had to keep on working. In Acts 27, Paul is prisoner. He's chained to a Roman guard. And they set sail for Rome against Paul's warning. And while they're sailing, a mighty storm arises called an Oroclodon. It's a storm so fierce that they cannot see the sun during the day or the stars at night. It's blackness constantly. They can't fight the waves, the scripture says. So they just let, they just raise the anchor. Pull down the sails and let the wind take them where it wants to go. They throw everything they can overboard. Paul and Luke themselves help cut down the sails and the rigging. Anything they can spare to help lighten the ship. But in verse 22, 
Paul said this, I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship only. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. The angel came and spoke to Paul that if they stayed in the boat, everyone would be safe. Everyone would make it out alive. But some of the crew, when you read it in detail, they said they were pretending to let the anchor down. But they weren't letting the anchor down or cutting it loose. They acted like they were messing with the anchor, but they were lowering down the lifeboats, trying to escape. But Paul said in Acts 27, 31, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul told them the only way they were going to make it was if they stayed in the boat. It had been 14 days without seeing the sun or the stars. 14 days of darkness. 14 days of peril. 14 days of seasickness. Let me tell you something. It stunk inside of that boat. But Paul told them, cut the life rafts loose. We're staying in this boat if we want to make it. Get rid of the life rafts. Get rid of the exit strategies. Stop looking for the door. If we're going to make it, we got to stay in this boat. Men walk over, pull out their knives, cut the ropes, send the rafts off to sea. And because they listened to the man of God and stayed in the boat, everyone made it out alive. See, there are times when you can get so distracted by the little annoyances that we forget that there is a storm raging on the outside. The world Noah and his family lived in was broken and wicked. There was no place of safety in it. Every imagination of man's heart was wicked. There was no restraint to their violence. There was no restraint to their depravity. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, 37, this is what he said. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. That's how the world's going to be before Jesus comes. And I want you to know we're getting awful close to that day. And if you read the news or just go about your life, you realize our world is becoming more and more like the world Noah lived in. It's broken and it's full of wickedness. Full of wickedness. And while there can be times when it stinks on the inside of the ark, When there can be times when people are driving you crazy with their faults and their failures. Look around. Take a look. Just take a look. Don't make eye contact. Don't make someone feel uncomfortable. Everybody's nervous about it. You know what you're surrounded by? People. And it's rude, but I've said it in countries around the world. You know what people are? People are stupid. And people do stupid things. But guess what? You're people too. And you can start letting 
people's faults and failures drive you crazy until you start looking for an exit when you need to take a look out the window and remember any problem you have to deal with inside of the ark is better than the storm. Any little issue you have in the ark is a whole lot better than anything out there in this broken and destroyed world. And I came to tell somebody today, you need to stop looking for the door. It's time to cut the life rafts free. It's time to get rid of your exit strategy and stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. The stink is better than the storm. All of us today, every single person on planet earth are descendants of Noah. All of us are descendants of Noah. Aren't you glad he thought the stink was better than the storm? Aren't you glad Noah didn't get out of the boat? Aren't you glad your family didn't walk away from God when people caused problems? Aren't you glad when you needed the Lord that there were some people committed to staying in the ark? I'm glad this morning that I'm in this boat with you. And I want you to know there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing that can go on around me that's going to make me get out of this ark. Because I know no matter how bad it may stink in here sometimes, the storm is way worse. Yeah, there might be problems someday. Yes, there's sometimes people drive you nuts. I'm a pastor. Sometimes people drive you nuts. But I tell you what, there's nothing anyone could ever say. There's nothing anyone could ever do that would make me walk out of the ark. Nothing that could ever make me walk out of the ark. Why? Because I know what the storm brings. And I know the only way my kids are going to make it is if I stay in the ark. I know the only way my grandchildren, should the Lord tarry, are going to have a hope is if somebody stays in the ark. Oh yeah, sometimes there's messes to clean up. But I'd rather deal with the mess than the mayhem. I'd rather deal with the stink than the storm. There's safety in the ark. Cut the life rafts loose. Cut the life raft loose. Get rid of it. Get rid of your exit plan. Stay in the ark. Stay in the ark. Stay in the ark. Stand with me. I know this isn't a shouting message, but I, I believe I've heard from the Lord today. Jesus.
is ministry. He feeds thousands with fish and bread. It only counts the men. So most believe that if you count the women and children, there's somewhere between 10 and 13,000 people that he feeds with the fish and the bread. People start following him everywhere he goes, and John tells us they weren't following because they wanted to hear him preach. They wanted the fish. (laughs) Everyone's so happy. The church is growing. (laughs) The church is on fire. And then Jesus stands up and said, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no place with me. And the crowds look at one another and say, I thought we were getting fish. And the multitudes leave. Everybody goes. Jesus is left there standing with the twelve. So how about it, fellas? You leaving too? I love Peter. What what an amazing, fault-filled man. (laughs) I tell you what, most people wouldn't pick Peter to be their pastor. Let alone the leader of the whole church. He's so full of faults. But he loves the Lord. You know what, sometimes you need to remind yourself about people around you. Yeah, they might have faults, but they love the Lord. He says, so what about it, boys? You leaving? Peter says, where are we going to go? Where are we going? You're the one with the words of life. You're the only one that's going to get us through this. You're the only way we're finding life is in your words, Jesus. Where can we go? Where could we go? You know what, I, I look out, and I know of faults and failures. I get to sit in the district board. I'm in meetings. I know things I don't want to know. And sometimes the problems, if you're not careful, they can drive you crazy. But when I look out, and I see an entire generation that doesn't know if they're male or female. When I have people, see people everywhere convinced that there is no such thing as right and there's no such thing as wrong. Until Jesus said there's like, they're like children that don't know their right hand from their left. When I stand on the deck and I look out, I tell you, if the choice is the stink or the storm, I'll take the stink every day. I'll take the problems every day. I'll take the faults and the failures of my brethren every day. Because there's only one boat making this journey. And I'm going to stay in it. I'm going to stay in it.
Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Stay in the boat. Cut the life rafts loose. Say, but so-and-so put this on Facebook. Who cares? Standing at judgment. Why'd you walk away from me? That's what the Lord said. Why, why did you walk away? Well, Susie put this on Facebook. Meanwhile, there's Paul. He was killed. Brought back to life. Five times received 39 stripes. Beaten with rods. Stoned. There's John. He had boiling oil thrown on him. Peter had his head cut off. Why'd you leave the boat? They've sat in my spot. They know I sit there. If I have to listen to that guy preach that same sermon one more time. I'm telling you, there's nothing anyone could ever do that would make me get out of the ark. You say, well, you have your family. No, it doesn't matter. If my wife left, my kids leave, my grandparents, my parents, if everyone leaves, I'm not going anywhere. Because I can see the story. I can see where it ends. I can see the broken and battered bodies floating by. And I'm not going to be one of them. But I'm going to stay in the ark. And hope that some will return. Where can I go? Jesus has the words of life. I wouldn't normally preach like this on a Sunday, but I really felt the Lord all week. You need to hear it today. If the choice is the stink or the storm, my friend, there's no comparison. Stay in the ark. Stay in the ark. There's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than this morning than to be here with you. I'd rather be here with you. You say, even them? I said, yes, even them. no place I'd rather be than here with you in the presence of Almighty God because there's safety in the ark and there's no hope in that storm lift your hands and your voices with me